Can We Have It All? Real conversations on navigating your 30s and 40s, leaving the 9 to 5 and being a working mum, inspiring you to take that leap to do what you truly want to. Hi everyone and welcome back to my podcast and we're on episode 6 now and today I thought I would talk a bit about business plans. So these episodes are shorter than my interviews and are kind of here to give you a little bit of a insight into my personal experience and thoughts on certain areas of business and leaving the nine to five. So you might have listened to some other ones. I've talked about imposter syndrome and we've got lots of other things to come up as well. But today is all about business plans and do we really need them? There's lots of uh, thoughts on this and everybody's going to have kind of their own individual opinions, but I thought I'd give a bit of a background on kind of what business plans are and what they might do for you too. So what is a business plan? I think a lot of us um, think about it as a really unapproachable booklet, a 50 page document with loads of facts and figures and, you know, formulas in there that nobody really understands and projections and graphs and all sorts. And yeah, there is a bit of that in it. But the truth is, it doesn't quite have to be like that. And of course, this will totally depend on what your business is and kind of what you're out there trying to achieve. But generally, your business is about nailing down your idea your why, the reason why you're doing it, who you're going to speak to and who you're going to help with your business or serve with your business or sell to and kind of where you think it could go and where it will go in the future. And that doesn't have to be a 50 page book anymore. It can be a really nice um, few page document presentation, however kind of fits in your industry. And it really kind of helps you nail down your business. I thought I'd start by talking about what you generally want to include in a business plan and it starts with what they call an executive summary. So it's a really kind of concise um, description illustrating the key points of your business. So um, if somebody was to pick it up they get a really nice synopsis of what your business is all about in that first kind of a couple of pages. So your executive summary is just that it summarizes your business. And then you want to go into more detail with your business overview. So it might include all sorts of things like how your business was formed, how many directors you've got, how many partners, um, the legal structure of your business, the location, um, what type of business it is. Is it a shop, storefront? Is it an online business? Whatever it might be, um, you kind of want to include this in your overview. Then you want to talk about your operational plan. So operations is essentially the day-to-day running of your business. So how it's going to function, what the actual physical setup will be, i.e. is it you at a computer or a laptop at home? Is it an office? Um, Who's part of your business? Do you have people working for you? What's their specific roles and responsibilities and the tasks that they'll be doing as your uh, business is formed? then you want to show that you really know that there is a reason for your business existing and that you know your market, so your target audience. Um, You want to show that you've done some sort of market analysis and 
Yes, anecdotally, that's really great, but you also want to go out and test your target market as well. So do some research, send out some questionnaires, some surveys, um, and this is the bit where you want to be a bit more specific. So if you know facts and figures, if you know percentages of people who struggle or need the resource that your business provides, then include that there and really kind of define who your audience are and, you know, even get down to kind of creating persona profiles so you really kind of understand um, who you're going to be talking to with your business. Then you want to get into um, what you're actually offering through your business. So are there products or services and are these being manufactured, created, or is it something that you offer or have a team of people offering? And then get into the sales and the marketing of that product. So how are you selling it? At what price point? Why will people pay that? And, you know, um, that's why knowing your personas and your target audience is really going to help because that's really going to dictate this part of your business plan. So um, how you're going to reach those people through your marketing and advertising. Um, is it social media? Is it word of mouth? Is it out of, you know, out of home billboard advertising? Is it magazines? Is it being on podcasts. It could be anything depending on what your business is, but you really want to think about how you're actually going to get your service or your product to the people that you want to buy or to be your clients. The next thing is then all about competitor analysis. And I think this is really important in all walks of life. And competitor analysis sounds like such a harsh expression and and you know it might make you feel uncomfortable thinking about who you're competing against it's quite a you know potentially aggressive word but it doesn't have to be this can be people that you're inspired by or people out there doing something similar that you have you know formed an idea from you know people that you've used as a source of inspiration as well as people out there that will eventually be competing against you in your market it's really important to kind of analyze all of those things their strengths and weaknesses, a good old SWOT analysis. If you don't know what that is, that's S-W-O-T. Google it because it's a really simple way of seeing what the kind of strengths and weaknesses are within your business plan and your business idea. And it's a great way to kind of see that with your competitor analysis as well. And it will give you a really good sense of what your USP is, your unique selling point, and what might give you kind of a bit of an edge or a niche against um, other people in your industry or market. And then the last part of your business plan really is the bit that we can't avoid, Um, even if you're like me and you're not that into numbers and spreadsheets, but you do need to do a little bit of financial planning and some projections. So you want to think about how much money you need um, to start your business. What are your startup costs? You know, is it just buying a laptop um, or is it buying materials, um, you know, machinery hiring somebody to help you whatever it might be you need to know how much that's going to cost you to start with and potentially it's going to cost you before you're bringing in any revenue to pay for it so that's where you'll really identify whether you need a loan or some sort of investment um, or whether it's a startup with relatively low cost and risk that you can kind of get on with and start right away 
Projections are often the most difficult part of a business plan, especially if you don't have a background in kind of finance or sales or kind of commercial activity. It can be quite daunting to know how much money you're likely to make. Um, And really here you've got to make an educated guess and that's where the previous kind of elements of your business plan will really come into play. So all of that research you've done, the competitor analysis, the the market analysis, seeing what's out there and how much money you could make. Um, And of course, when you get your first clients or your first sales, then that will start to form the likelihood of the revenue coming in. So you need to be thinking about your projections for, you know, the months to come, but also for at least the first two to three years to give you a really good sense of where this business is going. And it often will be that businesses don't make money in their first year or two or even three years. So having projections out there will really help keep focus on that kind of initial investment where it feels like loads of money's going out, but not much is coming in. And that's it in a nutshell. That's essentially what your business plan is and what it needs to entail. Um, But my question today is, do we need one? Do you need one to leave the nine to five and to pursue a career that you want to and do something more creative or more flexible? Hmm, I think the jury's out on this one. And of course, everybody's going to have their own style, their own feelings, their own personality type that they're going to kind of apply to this. But I think in some way, shape or form, yes, you do need a business plan. And even if it's not as formal as everything I've just described, somewhere within you, you need to know and understand pretty much all of those things. So even if you don't have a formalized business plan that you're presenting to an investor or a bank, then you need to be aware of all of the things that we've discussed before you know that there's a, you know, that there's a reason and a possibility for you to start this business i.e. there's no point in starting a business selling something that nobody wants to buy or starting a business that it costs you 10 times the amount to create something than it does, then somebody's going to pay for it. So yeah, you've got to do a bit of research. You've got to have a little bit of an idea. And I started my business with what I would call a fluid business plan. So I'd done my I guess, market research and competitor analysis, kind of informally, um, on the side of my previous job, I started meetups for bloggers and for content creators. And so I knew very instantly that there was an audience there because people were turning up to these meetups. And I knew from speaking to the people that were there, what our general frustrations were and what we felt was a gap in the market up here in the north. So very quickly, without really realising it, I was starting to build the foundations of my business plan. And I didn't know at that point that it was going to take me anywhere. I was just in it for my kind of, you know, personal satisfaction and for making friends and kind of something very much on the side, a creative hobby. But further down the line, a couple of years later, when I was in a position where I was wanting to start a business and looking for something to do. I'm so glad that I'd done all that physical legwork because I knew that there was something in my idea. So my business was very much a minimal startup cost, minimal risk business, i.e. something that I could start from home, from getting out there, um, from a few ticketed events and from building a community. So yes, there was a level of having a bit of finance 
personally behind me, i.e. my redundancy pay and a couple of months of salary kind of banked up behind me um, and, you know, having a partner who had a steady income at that point, that really helped. But I didn't need any financial investment. I didn't need to go and see a bank or anything like that. So my startup costs were fairly low and nominal. You know, I had a laptop, I had access to social media, and that was where I was talking to my target audience who, you know, were people like me. So I knew where to start to find them. And I knew from, you know, what I just explained, my market research, I knew what the frustrations were and I knew where I could find a gap and provide a service for them. I had no idea at that point that Weblog MCR would become Weblog North. Um, I had no idea that I would start the Northern Blog Awards, which is a whole kind of business in itself. And I had no idea that it would eventually become a membership subscription based service for content creators in the North. And so that's where I guess the me having a fluid business plan is that's kind of what I mean by that. You know, I had a general idea. I'd done some groundwork. I knew that there was something there, but I didn't know where it was going to take me. I hadn't created any projections. I didn't have a team behind me. I didn't have investors, but I still went and did it and I still tried it. And for me personally, kind of rolling with the punches and getting out there and trying something and kind of reacting to it and adapting um, and pivoting where I needed to. So if something wasn't quite working, I'd try something new. When I realised something was working, I'd stick at that and I'd keep asking people. I kept asking for feedback, asking what people wanted. That was the only way that I knew I could develop Weblog North into something that was going to be of use to people other than myself. So that's kind of how my business plan was formed. And I would say it's only two years into some sort of business and income that I actually sat down and kind of wrote a more formalised business plan and really understood the financial side of it and where my business could go because I needed to because with my second baby I was working for myself I didn't have the financial security of a paid maternity leave that I did when I started my business I didn't have a redundancy package to fall back on and instead I was kind of generating income as the business was developing and I knew I needed to get a really good understanding of where that could take me. Also, I'd never really had to pitch my business um, to anybody. Like I say, my startup costs were low and nominal. I didn't need an investor. Sure, it might have helped to have a pocket of money. It might have helped me grow quicker. But I didn't, I wasn't making that huge amount of money to kind of pay off an investor or a bank loan. And I kind of wanted to not be in any worse position than I was when I started. So I wanted to keep my risks low. So although I was meeting my target audience all the time and kind of informally informally pitching to them, um, you know, by describing what Weblog North was, describing what my story, why it started, you know, I was kind of evoking a emotional reaction in people like my target audience. I wasn't pitching 
And it was only when I um, was accepted onto a NatWest Entrepreneur Accelerator course for a few months that I realised the kind of power of the 60 second pitch. And although that wasn't something I've had to utilise very much, it was such a fantastic exercise to really nail your why and your what, what your business is, why you're doing it and who for. And getting that down into 60 seconds is such an amazing um, feat. It's very difficult for a lot of people and a lot of businesses, but it really does help and it really does help you focus um, your ideas and your business plan into something very succinct. So that kind of moves me on nicely into the reasons why I think you should have a business plan. I've talked a little bit about the fact that you maybe don't need one in the way that you think you do and that depending on your circumstance, business plans can be fluid in the beginning and you can kind of find that out as you go along, um, whether that's moonlighting a little bit and you know trying some things on the side or whether you just kind of jump feet first and give something a go and just adapt and work it out as and what when you see what's successful and what's working and what's not. But I do want to talk a little bit about the reasons why you should have a business plan because I feel like I don't want to encourage everybody to just jump out of their nine to five with no real idea of what they're doing and certain personality types and certain people out there and certain business models will need a plan um, far more formally. So business plans are essential when you're approaching finance in some way. So if you do need a loan, um, if you do need the support of a bank or an investor, you know, perhaps you have an invention and you need something to be created physically, you need some money and your startup costs are not nominal um, and there is some risk involved, then it is almost essential to have a business plan. I don't know anybody who's had an loan, a loan or an investment without one. So that is a reason why. It also, as I explained briefly before, helps you focus your your ideas, your plans and your why. So when you actually have to sit down and write this out as if you're explaining it to someone else and you're kind of justifying your business and what you're doing, it really helps you nail down your why and it helps you understand that. You probably do anyway because most people who start business feel passionately about something and you're probably your own target audience, so you're living and breathing the problem that you're solving with your business. But as I say, writing it down can really help take that understanding to the next level. It also helps you put things into perspective, and it can be a bit of a reality check. I think it's easy in these days of social media, especially things like Instagram, where you're watching other people seemingly successful, seemingly nail it, you know, talking back at it, to the last uh, podcast about imposter syndrome, you know, you're thinking, how am I do? How am I going to do this? Everybody else is doing it. It's very easy to get carried away as well and think, well, if they're doing it, I can do it really easily. I can get a hundred thousand followers, and they're all they're all going to invest in me and buy my product or my service, or I can just walk out and get five clients next week and have a you know two thousand pound turnover a month business. But actually, when you start to write things down in a business plan and start to really kind of look in depth at how your business is going to work, it can give you a little bit of a reality check. And sometimes that's needed. So you may have loads of ideas and through planning it out 
and looking at the costings and looking at the risk and looking at the target audience, you might realise that actually you're not going to get any profit back from your expenditure and your investment of time. So it's great for that purpose. It also gives you really actionable steps and kind of a plan going forward. So kind of writing everything out and having a really clear picture. I'm so sorry, I've just lent on my Siri. Um, Writing everything out and having a really clear picture can give you some actionable steps to go forward. As I touched on earlier, you know your business inside out and you probably do anyway, but there's nothing like getting it down on paper to really understand it getting an elevator pitch nailed. If you're like me and you don't really have the opportunity to pitch to anyone, then practice one anyway, because trust me, it really helps. When I got my pitch down to 60 seconds, it was like a massive achievement. I realised that if I literally was stuck in an elevator with someone who could be so important to my business, that I could get that across to them in 60 seconds. You never know who you're going to meet and when, and you never know where your business is going to turn. So it's worth practicing that. There's actually even some apps out there that help time you and record your pitches and it really helps you kind of nail it. I know NatWest have one, which I've used and it's great. And above all else, it helps you communicate to others, your target audience, investors, potential employees. It's great also to give yourself ideas and it shows your growth potential. So again, when I started my business, I had no idea where it was going to take me. I just needed something that would get me through my maternity leave, give me a a bit of an income channel and give me the flexibility to stay at home with my kids and not put them into full-time childcare because that was mine and my husband's goals at that time. It wasn't about matching a previous salary. It wasn't about making loads of money and working all hours of the day. It was much more about flexibility and family life. So that was great. Coming out of that now, I know I've got to adjust my business plan again and I adjust it all the time and I think you should too because my circumstances are different and they're going to be different in the next year, two years, three years. So it's really great to kind of get everything down on paper and look at where your business could potentially grow and where you want it to grow to. And then I read somewhere recently um, that you're two and a half times more likely to go into business with a plan. So although there'll be some people out there who are entrepreneurial, they've they've got an idea and they never really formalize a business plan and they, they make it big. And sometimes they make it really big. But the majority of people and the majority of businesses out there are run by people who are doers and part of being a doer and walking the walk and not just talking the talk is kind of spending the time and creating things like a business plan. And you know what? As I said, when I started, a business plan doesn't have to be a 50 page booklet that you're going to present to a bank. The shorter, the better these days. And you, and the more creative, depending on your industry, you know, a business plan might be a video. It might be a slideshow, a PowerPoint, a whatever It can take kind of any guys and I think there are so many businesses out there and entrepreneurs that the shorter the better. Nail your idea, nail where you want to go with it, nail your audience and it will give you so much more confidence when you're thinking about finally taking that step to leave the nine to five. 
So that's my kind of thoughts in a nutshell. Um, I have asked you guys out there, so um, my audience on Instagram, um, what their opinions were. And I've got a couple of interesting responses already. Somebody has said yes and no. It's a bit like a birth plan. It's ideal, but it's not set in stone. If I don't meet goals, then I get negative. And I think that's like a really key point. Um, A business plan is great to be there and to refer to, but for some people, it can almost be too restrictive and it can, like this person said, it can become negative. Um, You don't want to create something that's going to make you feel like you're a failure. And I think it's really important to be realistic. And like I said a few times today, like to be fluid because your life circumstances will change. Whatever the reason for you creating a business, it might be different in six months time, a year's time, maybe even in a month's time. So I think it's really important that when you're looking at things like a business plan is that you take all of that into account. So yes, I would love to be, you know, a millionaire one day. Well, maybe not, but you know, to be a millionaire one day, to have a really successful business, to be influential to lots of people in my industry. Um, But right now, that's not the be all and end all. And if I'm not quite reaching that now, I don't want to feel like a failure and I don't want to feel crap about myself. So yeah, I totally agree that it's ideal to have one, but it shouldn't be set in stone. And if something needs to change or you need to pivot, then you can do that and don't beat yourself up about it. And yeah, it is a lot like a birthing plan. We all would love the hypnobirthing water birth, but many of us know it doesn't go like that and you might not get it that way but the important thing is to have a safe delivery for you and your baby whatever way that might be and it's kind of the same for a business plan so I love that analogy somebody else has said yes they think it is essential it helps with getting your bank on side many will ask to see a plan and it gives you a focus in the early days and I think that's a really great point too and something that I've covered a little bit earlier you definitely if you want financial backing, it will help. And it does give you focus because if you are somebody with loads of ideas and, you know, 10 lists in various forms like me, um, then sometimes you need to really nail it down and create something actionable um, to give you focus going forward. So thank you so much for those comments, guys. That's super helpful. If you would like to add a comment or to send in your thoughts, then you can do just email me on holly at weblogukcom or you can find me on Instagram. I'm at underscore Holly Goes Lightly. Just send me a DM um, or, you know, interact on any of my stories. I always love to hear from you guys. Um, I can also be found at Twitter and my profile is at Holly Nickel, N-I-C-O-L. So do interact. Use the hashtag can we have it all pod. Um, that's what this is and that's what we are doing. We're interacting with each other we're supporting each other. I don't know it all. I'm still learning all the time. But I think the more we talk to each other and help each other, the more we're going to be strong and powerful and able to grow. I really do think that we're stronger together. So um, thanks for listening, guys. And if you like this, um, then please listen in. I um, alternate each week with a subject like this. And then speaking to a guest who's actually in it, you know, they're in a creative business, they've left the nine to five, and they're talking realistically about what their life is like and the juggle between parenthood and, you know, being a creative entrepreneur. 
So please do listen to my other podcasts as well. And if you like them, I'd love you to give me a five-star rating and a review because it really helps my podcast get found by other people like yourselves. And again, that's what it's all about. It's about reaching people and giving them that little bit of warmth and inspiration that I think we all need at some point in our life. And um, yeah, let's support each other. Have a great week.